Now, back to BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. And welcome back, BetMGM Tonight. PJ Glasser, Denton Day here with you. We got West Virginia and North Carolina at halftime in the Duke's Mayo Bowl with the Mountaineers leading 17-10. They're six-and-a-half-point favorites over on BetMGM. You got to lay minus 130 juice. The total is at 55-and-a-half. We got Louisville-USC starting in 38 minutes in the Holiday Bowl and then in the Texas Bowl, Texas A&M and number 20, Oklahoma State. The Cowboys favored by three-and-a-half and the total 55. So, Den and I will be watching bowl games throughout the night, but we're excited for some of the bowl games coming up, and especially the one tomorrow night in the Valero Alamo Bowls. We bring in our next ge- uh, our next guest, Chris Plank, who joins us. You can follow him on Twitter at the Plank Show, sideline reporter for Oklahoma football and Sirius XM Big Twelve host. Chris, really appreciate the time, man. How are you? Hey, man. How are you guys tonight? We're doing Plank, good. what's up, man? We're doing good, man. We're doing good. I'm really excited for you. We're really excited for this game, uh, Chris, because obviously the Jackson Arnold era is beginning in Oklahoma, and uh, Arizona might be one of the more underrated teams in college football, man. I mean, there are three losses this year. Seven-point loss to Washington. Two of them were in overtime. They're on a six-game win streak. I think it's going to be a really fascinating game. So when you've kind of been, you know, studying for this game and, and breaking it down, how do you think these two teams are going to match up tomorrow night? Yeah, and, you know, Arizona is in the midst of something that hasn't happened in a really long time. 1998 was the longest winning streak they had had until they've won six straight to wrap up the season. Now, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not like the Pac-12 was down, right? The Pac-12 was a good league this year, even though it's going away. Um, but Washington State, uh, they went on the road to beat a good Washington State team, and they, that kind of started the leaking of oil for Washington State. Maybe their best win of the year might have been their win over uh, Oregon State, and they just uh, they they humbled uh, Arizona State down the stretch. It's a really good football team, man. Uh, Jet Fish has done a phenomenal job. Uh, kudos to Arizona for finding a way to keep him in this wild coaching kind of carousel that's taken place over the last few months, but our last few weeks, I should say. Uh, it's a good team, man. It's a really balanced team. I, I wish I could come on here and say that the give-a-rip meter for uh, for Arizona is low and the Sooners are going to go out and roll them, but they're they're good. I mean, they're a really good football team. Fafita is a baller. Um, they, they, they are very – they're balanced on offense, and when I say that – if I say that they're a basic offense, some people take that as a knock. My point is they just they, they do a handful of things, and they do it really well. They're nasty with tunnel screens. They do a great job with their running game. Um, I, I, I think they're, they're one of the better teams that I've, in what I, I guess I call scouting, that I've scouted as a Sooner opponent this year. I, I, Brent Venables said it, and I think he's right. It might be the best team that Oklahoma's played so far this season, and uh, they've looked apart down the stretch. I think it's going to be a great bowl game. You know, Plank, I really loved watching this Arizona team and the way they played defense, especially when you consider some of the offenses they took on in the Pac-12. How is Oklahoma going to attack what they do on defense now that Dylan Gabriel's not on the roster? Well, um, there's there's three letters, and I guess for the sake of not getting in trouble, two two words, JFA, Jackson Arnold. Uh, He's the five-star, rock star quarterback. He's the kind of guy that everyone (laughs) – you know, once on their roster, right? They want a guy like this because uh, he has all the tools. Uh, he was the it guy in the recruiting class 
uh, last year. He enrolled early. He won the backup job over an established backup. And, you know, the the one time that they had to go to him in a clutch situation this season, he came up big. You know, he, he missed a throw against BYU, but uh, even though that game was much tighter than it should have been, he made arguably one of the biggest throws of the season on a third down and eight-ish pass that – you know, kept the drive alive and, and helped Oklahoma shut down BYU and put themselves in position for this bowl game. I think you'll like him, Denton. He's, he's, he's young. I mean, he's a true freshman, but this kind of starts a whole new era for Oklahoma. It's their last game in the Big 12, but it's also their first game with Jackson Arnold as their quarterback. It's their first game with Seth Luttrell and Joe John Finley as the co-offensive coordinators. There's been so much talk about what Oklahoma has lost and uh, the 11 players that are not going to play in this bowl game. And plus, there's a few other guys, but the 11 names that people might know, uh, and obviously number one, number one is Dylan Gabriel. But I'll tell you what, how are they going to attack Arizona? This kid, Jackson Arnold, I think has a chance to really do, to, do some things that's going to give Arizona problems. Now, uh, Arizona's no stranger to really good quarterback play, right? They saw it all year long. They did a great job against Caleb Williams and, and USC and probably should have won that game. But Oklahoma's running the ball better down the stretch of the season. Gavin Sawchuck has really emerged. You get the excitement of a guy like Jackson Arnold, but I'm really worried about Oklahoma's offensive line situation. They're starting center. They're starting right tackle. Um, are not playing in this game. They've, they've opted out because they're headed off to the NFL. And they're starting left guard, uh, enter the transfer portal, and he's off to Missouri right now. So you have – essentially getting three new starters, even though the, the guy that's starting at right tackle, Jacob Sexton, had actually played a lot the last two games. So you're replacing a lot of snaps on the offensive line, uh, but we'll see how Jacob uh, – we'll, we'll see how Jacob Sexton handles right tackle. We'll see how, you know, the Troy Everett's going to move to center. I, I, I think that Oklahoma's offensive line is going to be challenged, but to me – the big key goes back to Jackson Arnold and, and how he, he handles this first start and how he handles going up against a good defense like Arizona presents. Do you think because he's already played this season and he's not this is not his first action and is not, not his first opportunity for Oklahoma fans to actually see him don a Sooners uniform, do you think that alleviates at least a little bit of that pressure that he's coming in with, tasked with being the guy to carry this team forward for the next couple of years? Yes and no. I think the the BYU game, I don't know how to describe it. I don't know if either one of you guys have been to a game in Provo. Uh, it wasn't a full house, but it was really loud. And, I mean, louder than some of the stadiums that I've been to in Power 5 leagues that are packed full with like 70,000, 75,000 people. I mean, it was rocking. And he was right in the midst of it and made one of the biggest plays. And I remember talking to him afterwards, and I was like, how you feeling, man? What was it like? And he just looked at me and goes, I'm exhausted. And he only played a half. So <laughs> – um, yeah, I think there's part of that, but it's also he knows what it takes, but he's he, he's all it's it's all new because of the preparation, right? He's been the guy from the moment that bowl prep started. You know, Dylan Gabriel, th there wasn't any ill will about Dylan Gabriel leaving. Um, the, the plan at the start of this season was that Dylan Gabriel was going to turn pro, and this was his last year of college football, but. He, he didn't get back great news whenever he said whenever what he got back from the uh, from the NFL. You know they they didn't have the grade. He was kind of shocked by it. He didn't get a Senior Bowl invite. So when that took place, Dylan Gabriel, you know they didn't tell him he had to go somewhere else. But he realized, hey, the future in Oklahoma, SEC, Jackson Arnold. I want to go play somewhere else. And so Arnold was able to learn from Dylan Gabriel. And I just I really think that. That learning from Dylan Gabriel, knowing this wasn't some sort of 
adversarial situation throughout the year. This wasn't old school. This wasn't Rob Johnson, Doug Flutie, right? There wasn't a schism here <laughs> that had been created. This was a guy in Jackson Arnold that everyone kind of looked at as the starting quarterback for Oklahoma in 2024. And he learned from a guy in, in, in Dylan Gabriel that really did a nice job of being the, the place setter for him. So um, I, I think he's, he's a really cool kid. You'd like him a lot, didn't He's a really cool laid back guy. Um, but I, I'm really intrigued to see how he handles those nerves of this is his very first start because everything I've heard, Arizona sold a lot of tickets. That's not a extra crazy trip from Tucson. You know, I, I don't know how many tickets Oklahoma has sold, so I think it's going to be a pretty raucous environment come tomorrow night at uh, late night, late night with a kick, 8 o'clock. Chris, if Oklahoma wins tomorrow, what grade would you give the Sooners for this season? Well, that's a that's a very good question, but I also consider it a trick question. They lost to Oklahoma State and Kansas, so you get an F minus. Um, it's the <laughs> last time that you're ever going to play Oklahoma State, at least from what we know, right? So yeah. you, you've got bragging rights against your in-state rival, whom you've called little brother and who you've dominated in this series. But the last time you played them as a conference member, they beat you, and it's your own fault. You know, listen, Oklahoma State is a really good football team, right? And Ollie Gordon is a really good running back. Oklahoma had no business losing that game. You go back the week before and against Kansas, Oklahoma had no business losing that game. Um, but you lost to two teams that you have dominated. So if, if you want to look at it from the spoiled fan of a blue blood perspective, you lose to those two teams. I don't care what their final record is. You suck. But to me, um, year two of Brent Venables, Knowing that, I don't – listen, no no one ever says we're not pursuing a national championship. That wasn't the case here. But Oklahoma is building a roster towards the start of Big 12 uh, – SEC play. And, you know, they, they shed a lot of guys. It might have helped them win games but necessarily weren't fits and, you know, a little bit of a different kind of approach that Brent Venables has than what they had here with Lincoln Riley. By that, I mean they play defense. So, um, I just – I would probably give them, if they win tomorrow night, I would probably give them a B-minus, maybe even a C-plus. That would still be an 11-win season. They have the most 11-win season if they win tomorrow night, any team in college football. Um, and I think it sets a really nice tone going forward towards the SEC. Now, that schedule next year is brutal, right? I mean, it's a I brutal was just gonna schedule, ask you. schedule. Yeah, oh it, it, you're playing the best of the best in college football. So I, I just – I, I, I would probably say if they win tomorrow night, I'd give them a B minus. Most fans would still have it as an F because they're playing in the Alamo Bowl and they lost to Oklahoma State and Kansas. I mean, Chris, that schedule, man, like the finish, the last two weeks of the season, home against Alabama at LSU, they have to play at right. Ole Miss, at Auburn, at Missouri. It's just, it's brutal, man. So what can you tell us about the recruiting that uh, Oklahoma had in this in this latest recruiting cycle heading in, obviously, to SEC play? Yeah, they're calling it the best defensive line class they've had in eight years, and they need it. You know, they've um, they, they've got a couple of really nice prospects that they recruited last year that were kind of, you know, P.J. Attabaraway. Uh, he wears, I think he's number 34. He'll be a guy that'll play a lot probably tomorrow night. Um, so you'll get a chance to see him. He wasn't in, the obviously, the 24 class. He was in the 23, a five-star guy. Um, and in that 24 class, they've got a name, David Stone. He's an Oklahoma kid that went to IMG Academy uh, and played for a couple of years. Uh, uh, Jonathan Jackson, or J Jane Jackson, excuse me, is a, is a big-time defensive tackle recruit who's actually been practicing with the team. 
I think it's seven or eight guys that signed in that early period, and they've been practicing with the team during the bowl prep. Now, they're not going to get to play in the game, but they've been working out with the team. So, you know, they, they really knew where they had to get better. They had to get better in the trenches, specifically on that defensive line. And it's interesting, you know, not, not to filibuster on this, but, you know, when Alex Grinch was their defensive coordinator, Alex Grinch wanted a different body type. He didn't want 300-pound defensive tackles. Um, he wanted a little bit leaner. They called it speed D. Um, they, they're edge rushers. They wanted, as I think uh, at the time, one of the coaches referred to it as power forwards. Inner Brent Venables and Todd Bates and Miguel Chavis, those are the two defensive line coaches with Coach Venables, and they want fire hydrants, right? They want 300-pound defensive tackles. So they've had to really work because defensive tackles aren't just jumping in the portal. Now, uh, the ones that are are getting paid, right, making big-time money. Just look at Warren <laughs> Nolan. But um, they, Oklahoma knew they had to get better there, and they really committed to it, and they had a good recruiting class. I think, though, the key to it all, guys, comes down to number 10, how Jackson Arnold plays. And if he can get that jump start with the new co-offensive coordinator setup that Oklahoma has, I think it can do wonders for them heading into the battle and the rigors and the, the night-in and night-out just beast nature of the SEC. I feel like they're in a good spot. They might still be a year away. But this is, a, this is a program that has really been committed to making sure they build up where they feel like they need to win, and that's in the trenches. All right, Plank, we got about 30 seconds here. The line right now for the game, Oklahoma and Arizona and the Alamo Bowl, is two and a half at most books. Do you like that line for Oklahoma getting two and a half? Do you think they yeah. keep it close? Maybe they yeah, win it I all mean, the, I, outright? I think Oklahoma wins the game by two, I think Oklahoma wins the game by two <laughs> scores. Um, I don't yeah. think Arizona uh, – if, if the give-a-rip meter for both of these teams is really high, but I think people have looked at this and said Dylan Gabriel's not playing, so Oklahoma's not very good, and that couldn't be further from the truth. So um, I have a good read on how this team is prepped. I think they're in a really good spot. I think people are sleeping on what's going to be a good performance for the Sooners tomorrow night in San Antonio. Mm, can't wait. Alamo Bowl, Oklahoma, and Arizona. He is Chris Plank at – Plank Show on Twitter, sideline reporter for Oklahoma football and Sirius XM Big 12 host. Chris, really appreciate the time, man. Happy holidays to you. Yeah, anytime, man. You guys have a great uh, great show tonight. Good to hear your voice, Dave. Have a great time, man. Appreciate it, Plank. Two scores. Two, I, I, love, I love that. I love he's a, he's a bold guy. I like I like that uh, I like the two score bet. Arizona's been a lot of fun, PJ. I don't oh know how God, often you got to like, love, right. They're my favorite team. I mean, they're I such them. they were such a great Pac-12 after dark school I, I this year, and now with news that Jaden Delora is entering the transfer portal, which just broke, and Jed Fish put on Twitter a really great kind of goodbye letter, which I think more coaches should do this. I know it's it's not it's not a usual thing, but he, he put a really good goodbye letter out there. He's going to be playing with a little bit of passion. This game's going to be a really, really exciting matchup tomorrow night. It's a big game for both schools. I mean, Arizona's trying to win 10 games, like Plank said, for the first time in forever. Oklahoma wants to build some momentum heading in the SEC. Ten, I can't believe what the SEC did to them. I mean, home against Bama and at LSU to end the year. Like, yeah. nobody deserves that. Hey, that is... the SEC said no more layup weeks. No. I love it. No, I love that Oklahoma-LSU is going to be uh, the new rivalry week edition that we get. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll talk about that game coming up later on in the show. West Virginia just maybe had the interception of bowl season. Then wait until you see this pick. We'll tell you about it. When we come back from break, we're going to break down Bama, Michigan, and Washington, Texas. College football playoff. It's getting close. Bet MGM tonight.